everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Right Club podcast. I'm Laurel Simmons, a co-founder of the Right Club, and I'm joined by my co-host, Catherine Nelson-Riley, who is our wonderful operations manager. Hey, Catherine, tell us who our guest is today. It's Georges Al... He says it spells Georges, but it's not. He pronounces it George Al-Mastery. He's... He's really brought a lot of great ideas and great things to to the podcast today. He was talking about title merging. I hadn't heard about title merging before, and that was a really valuable piece of information, especially as I'm looking at buying some duplexes or and actually a triplex that's side by side. So that was a really valuable piece of information for me to have today. Yes, people do not know that title uh, merging, at least in the province of Ontario, we'll be clear about that can cause complexities down the line. So you do have to be aware of that. Talk to your, you know, your planner, talk to your your accountant, your lawyer, talk to the municipality if you're joining or if you're buying properties that are joint lots, joint joint, a lot lines, I should say, plot lines. Okay. Also, it's really cool that George talked about some of the things that didn't go so well because, hey, that's what happens when you're a real estate investor, right? We have this, we have the, we buy these properties and we think, oh, this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And it doesn't always happen that way. Life happens. Things change. So what he talked about in terms of the market changing and how it affected his financing. Yeah, we've all gone through that. And it's really important to hear it from more than one person, because I don't know about you. Every time I hear this stuff, I go, yep, another lesson learned. Like it's really important. And then, you know, what he's doing in the future, because he's not just sitting on one one project. So, Catherine, what do you say? We go to the episode. Absolutely. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Right Club podcast, where the focus is on helping you, the real estate investor, advance to the next level. And now let's join this week's hosts and share ways for you to customize your life. Hi, George, and welcome to the Right Club podcast. Great to see you. Great to hear you. Great to talk with you. So before we get into anything, and I know we've got some really interesting topics to talk about with you because you're really a full-on real estate investor. I have to ask you, why did you choose Well-Off as a URL for your company, your investing site? Why? (laughs) Okay, so I guess I was rebranding at the time and I was just looking for a website that was really simple, like a URL that was really simple and that was available. And so I wanted something around wealth. And I remember, I think I just Googled, like I looked at synonyms of wealth and I tried a whole bunch of them and welloff.ca happened to be available as a domain name. And that was the reason, honestly, just because it was available. Well, but it's a really cool name because it just kind of, implies a lot. And I think, frankly, it's better than wealth because I think, this is just my interpretation, but I think if people see something like wealth dot or wealth something dot whatever, they get a little intimidated because a lot of people, I think, translate wealth as something they can't have for whatever reason, being well off. Well, hey, I want to be well off, right? Right, right. So I think the way, I don't know, maybe this is just a limiting belief, but sometimes I feel like people might be thinking that I'm saying that I'm well off myself, that I'm kind of boasting or something like that. But 
really it wasn't the intention behind the website. And like you said, it's more so to help other people become well off by kind of guiding them and helping them get there. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't for a moment think that you were boasting or anything else like that, because I really do believe that well off is well off dot C is a really biting name. So well, thank you. Congratulations. I think that's great. Okay. <laughs> I think you're, you're the first person that ever commented on that. So thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. All right. Let's get into it then. You've got a lot of stuff going on. Tell us. I know you've got townhouse conversion and some fourplex going on. So talk about the your townhouse conversion. What is it? Why are you doing it? Where is it? All the rest. Give us the details here. Yeah. So it's actually four townhomes. They're all side by side. It's a whole kind of block of townhomes that we have. We bought them last year. So at the height of the market, which was, let's say, March 2022, we ended up closing on them that month. And of course, prices came down about 30%, rate went up about 5%. So everything changed right away. But the cool thing is that we actually got the seller to provide a mortgage against all four properties for 1% interest for one year. So we got an incredible rate on them. And it kind of offsets some of the, I guess, negative cash flow that we're experiencing this year. But yeah, our intention with these properties was originally to maybe just hold on to them for a couple of years. The tenants are paying under market rent, but the, we just figured, you know, the rate being the way it was, everything was okay for a little while. And now things have changed because we're substantially negative given that, you know, they're only earning about $1,200 a month in rent. And we just had to refinance them with the bank. So yeah, we're feeling it right now. So our intention is to convert all four of them into legal duplexes. And we've already started this process. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, that was well, a really long answer. Yeah, well, no, but it was really because <laughs> I think it's a great answer because a lot of people, a lot of people think that nobody ever runs into trouble in real estate investing. Ha huh, is what I have to say to that. Just mm -hmm. off. That's, this is a perfect example. I also think it's really neat when people talk about things that didn't go exactly as planned because that's life, right? That was all the time. Yep. But it's not the fact that it happened. It's what you do or did and or are doing to turn things around. And that's where the interesting stories are. And oh, 100%. That's where the learning is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so... I guess the, was there a question there that I missed? Well, yeah. or? <laughs> Not really, but I will ask you a question. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was just going to go and speak, but I'll wait to hear your question. <laughs> so you mentioned the 1%, but like the vendor take back, right? Yeah. Basically what it was. So what would you think about doing that? Because that's, a lot of people wouldn't think about doing that, frankly. And that's a pretty major concession, like at 1%. Why did you go there? And well, how did you present it? Because that's an interesting twist. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Today's podcast is brought to you by LegalSecondSuites.com. Ken Beckendam is an amazing real estate investor. He understands the process of the conversion inside and out. And he has built one of the largest by volume design build firms in the GTA that specializes in legal multifamily conversions, anywhere from two to 15 units. And he's been involved in either the designer or the contractor in well over 250 conversion projects, which resulted in over 600 legal dwelling units. That is a lot of legal dwelling units. 
And Ken and his team at Legal Second Suites, they cover everywhere from Halton, Niagara, Haldeman, Norfolk, Brant, Hamilton, London, Tri-Cities, Barrie, York, and anything in between. He's one of the few firms that can complete the entire process for you from design to construction to property management. So it's truly a one-stop shop. So reach out to Ken at LegalSecondSuites.com. Again, it is LegalSecondSuites.com. And now back to the show. Yeah, well, keep in mind at this point, the prime was like 2.45% or something. So, you know, it's not like we were a crazy amount under prime. But so this owner, he's also an experienced investor, owns a lot of real estate. And one of the things he wanted was to make sure that all four properties were sold together. He didn't want to sell them individually. And so I guess someone like me is capable of buying them because I'm I guess, an experienced investor, whereas maybe a regular person probably wouldn't go after all four at once. So yeah, we originally were talking about 2% interest only. But after we started negotiating, he asked me to increase the down payment slightly. And he said, in exchange for that, I'll actually lower the interest to 1%. Yeah. So we ended up putting roughly... Well, we put 100000 down on each property instead of the so the properties were purchased for 375,000. So originally we were asking for 20% down, but he said, "Hey, if you put 100 grand down, I'll give it to you for 1% interest." Okay. And that well obviously you ran the math and that works. It worked for you at least for the year. Well, the mortgage was $229 a month on all four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, that works. That yep, really works. It worked. <laughs> yeah, so just to kind of clarify, again for anyone listening, we had a lot of exit strategies. We thought about a lot of different things. So these properties, although they were all purchased together, and for those that don't know, generally, if you purchase two properties that are side by side or more, the title will merge on closing. And in our case, we had to use two different corporations to make sure that titles don't merge. And so I guess plan B was, if things don't work out, we can sell off one or two or three or however many we want and keep the ones that we want. And in addition to that, we can duplex them. So we were in a place where we're allowed to put a basement suite. Uh, we had to pivot since then because we were originally told that we have to underpin, which is expensive to do to lower the ceiling height or increase the ceiling height. Instead, we're doing a main floor and upper level duplex. So it's going to be cheaper to do it that way. Again, prices have come down. So we're trying to do things as efficiently as possible to make sure we're not leaving too much money in the property. Well, first I'm going to talk about title merging. I think a lot of people, and now that's Ontario. I don't know what the rules are in, in other mm-hmm. rooms. This is an Ontario rule. Uh, yeah, people have to be careful about it. I remember when my husband and I bought some properties through a company and all the property lines touched. It's like, oh, what? Okay, you have to be really careful but because there there are some timelines and I think to, maybe even depending on the municipality. Anyway, it's a provincial thing and you can split, well, not, well, not split them. What's the term? Sever. Sever. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Start with the nest. You can sever them, but you have to go back to the municipality and you, it's money and time and a whole lot of fuss for uh, it just drives you crazy. So that is something that you do have to watch when you're buying adjoining properties. Yeah. And if, in case somebody's confused and you're wondering, well, what's the big deal if it merges? Well, if you want to sell one of those properties and you have a merged title, it's not as simple. You, you actually technically have to sell them together or sever the lots, like you said. So that's why yeah. it makes things more complicated. 
Yeah. It's just another layer of complexity that you really don't need. It's just, it just, you know, mm -hmm. dry, it just makes you want to tear your hair out. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So you are converting these, the sport, these four, the sport plaques, right? The townhomes. Oh, wait, we're talking about the. You're, you're, you're doing the conversion. How are you getting, how are you getting the tenants out? Because they're living there, but trying to upgrade and do all these things. Mm -hmm. What's the process there? Because that's not easy. Definitely not easy. We've actually applied for N13s. So to, in order to do the renovations, we, and converting the use of the property, we have filed N13s. We, we still don't have an approval yet to deal with the tenants, but one of the tenants actually agreed to leave last year. So that was one out of the four properties, but the other three we're still working on and we're willing to help the tenants and cooperate with them and help them find a new home and potentially cover some of their costs as well. But that has definitely been a challenging process. How long has this been? Like, do you have to, was it, do you have like a landlord tenant board for that? Yes, you do. Okay. So how long has that been in, how long has that been in the works? Pretty much since we purchased the building. Yeah. Wow. And is there any, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, we could go on and on about the landlord tenant board. Yeah. <laughs> any, any indication that something's going to be coming down soon for you? Yeah, we did actually have a hearing date last month. So March of 2023, but we had to postpone it because we are waiting. It's kind of complicated, but we needed minor variances for the parking because the properties, the two middle units currently have one parking space. The end units have two, but they don't meet all the requirements that the city is asking for. So we've applied for minor variances and our date is coming up. Our hearing date is coming up for that. Once we have that in place, then we can go ahead and move forward with the building permit. And I guess the paralegal wants us to have all that evidence in place before getting to the hearing date to make sure that, you know, we have the best chance of being successful here. Right, right. And for people who don't know minor variances, you have to go to the municipality and go through mm -hmm. their hoops, <laughs> basically. Yep. Yeah. And they are fairly minor variances. Like if there's anything major, you don't go to the municipality, right? Right. I've never actually applied for a zoning amendment or anything like that, so I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. All I know is the minor variance has been pretty good. The city of Welland, which is where these properties are, they've been very helpful and actually very good to deal with. And you know what? I've actually heard that about Welland before. That this is a growing town slash city in the Niagara Peninsula. And I've actually heard a lot of really good things about Welland. Yeah. How business friendly they are how they're really working hard to attract people to live there and have their businesses there. And yeah, it's a really great place to, to invest in, I think, in Ontario. One of, the, one of the better places. I agree. And I've heard the same thing from a lot of other people as well. Yeah. Okay, so what else are you doing? Yeah, another project we have on the go is a single-family home to a fourplex conversion. So we bought this property off a wholesaler sight unseen. It was a two and a half story home in downtown Hamilton. And we closed on it in November of 2022, which luckily for us, the zoning had changed by then, which means that this home originally, you were able to convert it into a duplex. But after the zoning change, we were actually able to go up to four legal units. So that's, that's been an ongoing process and a very interesting project. How did you, well, what, no, so you bought it, you said you bought it sight unseen. I was going to say, how did you decide to do that? 
but you obviously looked at the plans and everything and figured you could do the four units. No, I didn't. I thought we could only do two units. Oh, you thought, oh, yeah. okay. So yeah, it, it was interesting. There, there was a huge hole in the roof. And okay. I guess the leak had been going on for years. I, that's my guess because the joists are completely rotten up, up on in the loft. The owners would have like leave a bucket underneath where the hole was. And when it rains, they would go up there, dump the water out, put the bucket back, go downstairs. They basically lived on the main floor and never really went up other than to empty the bucket. So we, we got the place for 275, 275,000. And uh, it's going to be a big project, lots going into it. But we're hoping that we'll be able to burr this, refinance it, and get out pretty much everything we put in or very close. Wow. That's, yeah, that's a big project. How long do you think it's going to take to complete the whole thing? Well, we're in April now, and we don't even have our building permit just yet. We're still waiting on that. So I'd say once we get our building permit, probably within maybe three months, we should be done. So... Let's just say it's going to take us close to a year, start to finish. Okay. And you obviously expect not to have any problems getting tenants. No, I've got a couple properties in Hamilton and a couple of multis, and we've been able to get amazing tenants and great rents in our units. So I, I don't see that being a problem, actually. So in this conversion then, to get the great tenants, because I think this is a really a good conversation. A lot of people don't, don't, well, I shouldn't say that a lot of people, some people do not understand that the better you make the accommodation, the property, the higher quality, generally, not always, but generally the better quality of tenant you attract, correct? I would agree to a certain extent on okay. that because that was what I thought a couple years ago. And I would go and, you know, spend a bunch of money making a unit look really nice and ripping everything out and redoing it. So actually my last property in Hamilton or my last unit turnover, I should say, I basically did a lipstick reno. So it looks really nice, but we didn't rip everything out and rewire the whole place and put in brand new plumbing left, right and center and do all that. We just did more cosmetic improvements which aren't always great because, you know, if you have leaks or electrical problems, it's going to be very costly to go in there later on and fix it. But in this case, we were able to get the exact same rent that we got in, this, in a unit for a unit in that exact same building that was fully renovated. So it was, it was kind of an interesting experiment. Okay, so I think what that tells me that is, of course, you have to have the building thoroughly inspected. You need to know what you're dealing with because if you have sure. faulty wiring, man, you got to fix that. And the oh, same yeah. with pump, right? Like that's just... The a no-brainer. Those are the, I don't say the bones of the house, but they're the, they're the veins and arteries of the house. If they don't work, yeah. <laughs> that house is having a heart attack. <laughs> and at the same time, if you, and if you have like in the kitchen, right? If you have cupboards that are falling off, well, you got to replace those. Cause oh, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Everybody likes kitchens and if the cupboard doors are like, look like crap, well, then you replace them. Yeah. But I guess yeah. what you're saying is that you take a look at the house and you figure out what's the minimum amount of um, money you could put in to get the maximum amount of value, correct? Well, I guess it also depends on your goal. If you're looking to refinance the property right after your renovations are complete, well, you may want to spend that money just because you want to get the highest possible appraisal on it. Whereas if you're just holding on to the property long term, no plans to refinance it immediately, well, maybe you just do a lipstick, make it look nice, get the rent up, 
and uh, hold on to it for a couple years, then figure out what to do later. So it's a matter of how does the renovation tie into your goals? Okay. And what about the exterior? What about landscaping? Do you spend a lot of money on that or do you look into that? Or Yeah, like on this fourplex conversion, we are going to spend a little bit of money on landscaping, but we're just trying to be very mindful of our budget because when you're doing a project of that scale, like we've literally ripped everything out, including all the joists. They're, all the joists are going to be ripped out from the property and we're going to rebuild the joists from scratch. So when you're talking about a, a project of that magnitude, if you start spending a little bit extra here and there on landscaping, on windows, on all this other stuff, it really adds up and can totally throw your budget out of whack. So we're just trying to do like as little as possible on the landscaping just to make sure we're sticking to our budget. Okay. And what about what about things like to add value or to, to increase your cash flow from the property? Wadri, are you and are you setting it up so that all the the hydro and everything is separate separately metered? Like mm-hmm. and so talk to us a little bit about that because there are ways, right, to increase your cash flow. Yeah, yeah. Again, it kind of comes down to what's the return on investment. Like I'm thinking about, so there's a fiveplex that we've got in Welland where we only had one hydrometer for the whole building. So we were responsible to pay for hydro. We actually totally gutted that building and renovated it too. We separated all the hydrometers, but that was not cheap. That was like pretty pricey. So it comes down to, is it worth it? Or do you just maybe continue eating the cost of the electrical. Well, if you're going to be holding on to this property for 5, 10 plus years, it probably makes sense to separate it. If you're going to sell it next year or the year after, it probably doesn't make sense. But other ways, yeah, we have added coin laundry as well. When you do have coin laundry, then there is sort of that threat that someone's going to break in at some point and try to steal the coins. I've heard a lot of that happening. So we're actually looking into ways of digitizing the whole process. And I actually found a pretty cool option. It's called PayRange for anyone that's listening. It's a little kind of like this module that you plug into the washer and dryer, depending on if your model is compatible. And the tenant can actually download the app on their phone and it connects via Bluetooth to this module, which then activates the machines. And they can charge their wallet on their phone and just pay directly that way. Wow. That's all I can say as well. It's good for a small time landlord. You know, if you have like a 20 unit building, you have other options like Coinomatic and some of these other larger, I guess, distributors and whatnot. But if you just have a couple units in your building, three, four, five units, it probably makes sense because the fees are very minimal on these on these modules. Oh, okay. Well, that's really cool. I've never heard of that before. So that's good. That's great. Great yep. information. All right. What else, what's coming up for you this year? What are your plans and beyond? Yeah, my my number one goal this year with in terms of real estate would be to get into commercial multifamily. So I, I've got a portfolio of a smaller multifamily, but I really would like to jump in and I will jump in to 10 plus units. So I'm exploring a couple of 11 unit buildings right now. And yeah, there's so much more flexibility there. The financing is totally different. It's a different ball game. And I just love that. That's always been my mission to to get involved in that type of property, that type of building. So that's it for 2023. Do you have an area in which you're looking in generally? Yeah, for the most part, Golden Horseshoe. So most of my portfolio would be in Hamilton, Welland and St. Catharines. But I'm open to Brentford, London as well, even St. Thomas and some of these other areas close by. 
That's amazing. That's there's so many things to do and so many places to go on, but you're focusing in the, and really focused on this area, which makes sense. All right. I think it's time for the lightning round. Sure. Catherine. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. That was really interesting. You've got some great tips and some ideas and some things that I hadn't heard about before. So thank you. That was quite quite enlightening. So that was awesome. So you've you've been doing this for a little while now and you're jumping up into a next level. And throughout all of this, what is the best advice that you've ever received from another investor or at a networking event? Anything? Whenever I get asked that question, for some reason, the only, like the number one answer I think of is to just always go at your own pace. You know, don't compare yourself to other people because they're, you're, that's a sure way to be depressed and upset because there's always going to be people that are accomplishing so much more than you that have a much bigger portfolio. They're where you want to be. So just don't worry about comparing yourself all the time and just set your own goals, focus on them and just try to do what's right for you and your family. Good advice. All right. All right. So, and to follow on with that, then the next question is, if someone new came to you and was in in just interested in getting started with real estate investing, what would be one piece of advice you'd give them right off the top of your head? I would say expand your mindset. Don't limit your beliefs. There's so much you can do and You just have to believe that it's possible and also just allow yourself to get there by, like I said, not limiting what you're able to accomplish. All right. That's good advice. That's that I like that one. So if you can go back and tell your 18 year old self something, what would it be? Save more money. Stop spending money on dumb things. And uh, <laughs> yeah, put put some money aside and start to get ahead from an early age. Good advice. Oh, yes. We could all say that to ourselves, right? It's like, yeah. just, this is dumb, but you know, <laughs> hey, we're young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And now your last question. What's the one thing, what's the one attribute that you would say has made you successful? Just pick one. Yeah, I think just uh, the ability to figure things out when obstacles come in the way, when things get tough, you know, not getting too stressed out or too overwhelmed by anything and really just kind of taking the time to think, how do we get through this? What are, what's the answer here? What can we do to make this work? All right. So looking for maybe not going through the obstacle, but around or above or under or whatever you have to do to get the situation under control. And that's great. I mean, that's really good advice. Thank you. How do we reach you? How do people reach you, George? Yeah, there's an option to book a call on my website, welloff.ca, which you mentioned earlier. 
So that's one way if they want to chat with me. You can also check me out on Instagram, WellOffX. And then there's also the WellOff podcast. So if you want to listen, I do talk a bit about commercial multifamily and have lawyers and different people on this show. So they're welcome to listen to that as well. All right. That's great. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. So thank you so much. This has been really enlightening. Thank you. Oh, Pastor, and I do, I kind of envy George in a way. He's, you know, he's had a bit of a rough time the last few months, but he's also on his way up. He's got lots of projects. He's kind of excited and his projects are exciting. And, you know, I don't think anyone can appreciate how successful they are until they've had, you know, some problems along the way. This is true. This is very true. One of the things that stood out to me when he was sharing with us is, that he has amazing tenants. That's a skill set in itself, being able to go through the process of choosing your tenants and making sure that it's a good fit for you. That was pretty impressive. I, I was really happy to hear that, although challenging at times, but he was able to share some tips and trip, tips. Yeah, exactly. All right, on that note, we're gonna say goodbye. Don't forget to go to therightclub.com and sign up. We have all kinds of free content for you hours, hundreds and hundreds of hours. Give us some plug love if you can. Go on to the platform you're listening on and rate the this podcast because it helps us to reach other people who are interested in real estate investing or who don't even know they're interested in real invest real estate investing. Until then, come grow with us and customize your life. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping all levels of real estate investors advance to the next level and help you customize your life. Be sure to tune in next week at rightclub.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you get a few seconds, please rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps the show get noticed by others like you. And we truly appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe.